Oh, hi there. Chalo. Hey now. Hola. And ba weep grana weep nini bong. However you want to say it, welcome to that Kev One show. We're about positive vibes and, you know, the train to where we need to go on this crazy apocalyptic uh, train ride that we find ourselves on cosmically. It's your destination chat-wise for Film Talk. I'm your favorite friendly neighborhood actor, me, Kevin Michael Watson. friends welcome to another that kev one show all about positive vibes moving forward living loving and entertaining you know this you've heard actors award-winning directors self-help gurus pro wrestlers and more and my next guest fits in that category of champion of all those tasks and more with maybe even a little more weight on her shoulders maybe a lot more weight she is the editor-in-chief of Usawa Literary Review, which, if you didn't know, is Swahili for equality. So to talk more about that, I'm welcome, I'm very honored to welcome Smita Sahai. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for having me on your show. Oh, of course. And thank you for that lovely introduction. Oh, of course, of course. And your magazine at Usawa, I hope I'm saying that right, is it a Usawa? Yes. Yes, yeah, you, right. you saw a literary review is a feminist literature magazine with poetry and fiction and nonfiction. That's right. That's right. So basically, it's a five-year-old magazine, mm. and uh, we hope to get feminism into the mainstream because it's a very, very misunderstood term, very hated, polarizing term, yeah. and at the same time, um, we believe that. Feminism or feminist thinking or the various kinds of feminism are what will save us, um, whether it's uh, the environment or uh, women's children's safety or the mental health of the masses. We believe that if all the answers are lying with feminism, but the problem is that we hate, we, are, we have such a major block in listening to anything that feminism says. There's a lot of anger. How do we get people to uh, engage with the ideas of feminism? Mm -hmm. uh, that is our major challenge. Hmm. And that is what we've set out to do. Hmm. Very good. Very good. And have, have, have you gotten like a lot of great feedback globally? Or is it primarily in India that you're reaching the most people? Most people, uh, since you know we are, we are set in India, and there are a lot of Indian um, issues, feminist issues that uh, we respond to. Primarily, our uh, contributor base and our reader base is in India, but but about 10 to 15 percent is outside of India, which is primarily the U.S. and United Kingdom, a little oh. bit United Kingdom, yeah. but. But that's not because of any decision. That's just how it's happened. And I hope that we change that. Um, also, you know, um, we do hope that we have a good amount of representation of the global south, you know. Mm -hmm. um, we already have a lot of, uh, you know, cultural 
academic and uh, thought-provoking uh, materials for the U.S., from the U.S., for the U.K., from the U.K. But uh, you know, the global south, um, uh, we we need we need something that also responds to very specific uh, issues. Uh, you know that that our population face, which is you know um, a very loose parallel would be you know the way the way racism affects thinking in uh, thinking and behavior and violence uh, in the United States. Uh, there's something called this caste. I don't know if you know that caste. Uh, which is which is the subsection of uh, you know the population in, uh, um, in you know into various uh, they started as labor rules but they are also markers of dignity and uh, rights and respect in uh, uh, you know um, so you know there are upper castes and then there are lower castes and then there are untouchables mm -hmm. and uh, unfortunately. That whole dynamic, uh, you know, has been carried on till the 20th, 21st century. We are, we are talking about this in 2023, and there is still somebody who is being punished for for touching, for getting water from a well uh, that that only the upper caste is allowed to drink from hmm. in a small village. Maybe there are only there is only one well. Wow. Um, and what, so, 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 past is just one issue, of course. But yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry, please, please. Oh no. So, so what happens in that situation when the, the are people just um, just dying? No, these are very violent situations. Yeah. Um, these are very sad realities of our yeah. life. Uh, of, 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 of the lives of Indians, um, and you know, it, in fact, in the subcontinent, not just India. This is not something that is that's just happening in India. I'm sure something like this is happening in Pakistan, in Bangladesh, in Nepal, and in Sri Lanka. So um, the caste is one issue. Then you know the other problem is uh, there's a lot of animosity that has been created between Hindus and Muslims. Um, then uh, you know there are uh, issues happening at our borders, like uh, there's a state in India called Manipur. Uh, which has been seeing insane amounts of violence over the last couple of months. Hmm. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, there are there are certain things that um, are happening here. So it's not by uh, design that uh, you know we are sort of focusing on on certain geographical or population areas of population, but it hmm. just happens that you know, um, we have a lot more information. Uh, for these issues, we have a lot more writers sending us work. So you know, uh, but yeah, we would we would love to focus on 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 what's happening in Ukraine. We would love to focus on what happened in France. We would love to focus on uh, uh, what happened in Iran and last year in Kabul. But uh, we don't have as many contributors sending us as much as can tell as much of writing from these places. Hmm. But. It's, it's, it's it almost seems like it's almost like an impossible like way out you know what I mean I mean and with all the artists you find like most of your writers and artists are um, all the subject matter is like yeah. by people who are experiencing it by people from uh, unre underrepresented communities and people who are already like you know being punished and such 
Um, have have any of these writers, these great artists in your publication, been um, got any backlash at all for participating and uh, trying to spread awareness? Like, do you think some artists have been afraid to um, help spread awareness, or no? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, you know, we are at the receiving end of anger on social media. Yeah. Um, um, but I mean, but but we knew, but we knew about this when we were getting into this show, this work, yeah. that uh, people will have a certain amount of resistance. So we take that as par for the four. Uh, we are not we are not phased by that at all. Okay. Uh, but yeah, we do believe that you know there are certain people like uh, you might have heard of this. A uh, journalist called, called Gauri Lankesh who was killed a few years back in India in Bangalore, mm-hmm. and uh, see, I mean, do want to pay homage to homage to such people who have been uh, brought down simply because they were trying to tell the truth. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, we we do have uh, we we do. We are not. We are, we'll never be the right winger's uh, favorite publication, for instance. Oh, right? course, yeah, of course not. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, we understand that. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, but at the same time, there is a, there, there's been a lot of um, there's been a lot of welcoming also, which was unexpected. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh, you know we are trying to talk about feminism in a way. Um, that is more inclusive and so we want to talk about we, we talk about uh, you know issues in a way that people want to read yeah people so, want to read and acquaint themselves so, so and you know that you... is where the idea of a feminist magazine mm-hmm. the, the idea of a literary magazine came about because you see literature has these amazing magical qualities uh when we are reading fiction, mm-hmm. we are able to see the mentalities of power structures uh, causing wreaking havoc in the lives of the characters which are populating the who are populating the story. So you know that it's not about a person; it's about a power structure. It's mm. about a way of thinking, right? Yeah. Uh, so that so yeah. that kind of clarity only only art only literature can bring. Yeah. Um, the other thing is that you know, in poetry, um, poetry can offer solace and solidarity in a way nothing else can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it can it can offer healing in the way in a way nothing no other mode of communication can mm-hmm. expression, right? So <clears throat> we also believe that you know while we are at uh, the receiving end of various. Uh, power structures, we also have our stories, heart-wrenching stories of various indignities for which we need a healing valve. Mm. Yeah. And you know, then there are various, uh, you know, books and translations, various thinkers have done a lot of work. Um, so we are trying to put all of that together in a way that is not pointing the finger at someone, but rather it's open, with, with open arms and saying, come sit with us, partake in this, see if anything works for you at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, I love that, because, I mean, um, 
Like, for example, I'm trying to look at, um, I can't look it up right now because I'm recording with it, but, um, like, for example, the, even the name of your magazine, that a lot of people know, Usawa, means yeah. equality. You know, it's not about, yeah. it's not about building walls, it's about, you know, holding hands, it's about working together. I mean, yes, it's about, um, not just getting, like, feminist allies, but it's, like, it's not trying to get one over the other, it's just trying to, you know, yeah. get equality, you know? Yeah. And kind of like to pick it back on what you're saying, like, yeah, I've noticed that in poetry because I've done like a lot of, you know, like the show is all about, if you know about the Kevin, the Kevin one show is all about art and uh, the human connection. That's where, that's where we've had so many different kind of yeah. artists on the show. But yeah, I've noticed, um, and I've dipped my toe in like a lot and about all different kinds of art, but I have noticed, you know, when you were saying that, I was like, wow, I was thinking about it. Because, you know, I've been theater acting, you know, film, TV, and stuff, but like I think the most. Um, naturally organic way not where it's cast but the most natural organic way when artists of different nationalities sexualities and sexes have come together I think it's always been um, off the top of my head poetry like poetry slams and things like that yeah yeah that, the, the spoken word when you're just Absolutely. creating we all do that it touches everyone you know yeah yeah so also, you know, since you mentioned the name, uh, it's a Swahili word. Mm -hmm. Swahili is, uh, you know, a Kenyan language, uh, you know, from from, from Africa. Mm. So that was a way of sort of uh, acknowledging uh, the global south, you mm. know. Mm -hmm. uh, and it is just a very beautiful word, Sarah. Mm. So, yeah, uh, yeah, it's really pretty. I wonder, I wonder, do you have any people that are named Usawa or no? People? Yeah. No, no, I never, never met anyone uh, oh. named Usawa. Hmm. But yeah, immediately after uh, we had set up the magazine, I had gone to Kenya for a trip. And they, they keep saying Sawa, Sawa. And I asked, what does Sawa mean? And he said, Sawa just means okay. I said, uh, all right. Uh, I said, what does Usawa mean? Because, you know, I have just started a magazine called Usawa, which is a word from your language. And I, I asked him, so he said, yeah, that means equality. I said, all right, all right. I didn't make a mistake. It doesn't just mean, okay. <laughs> <laughs> which yeah. you could you could make that work. Like, oh, it means everything's going to be okay, you could say, <laughs> if you wanted. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. And so your last, your latest magazine uh, dropped, the latest publication dropped last month, and it's dedicated to the, um, I want to say, the ongoing violent unrest in Manipur, you were saying, right? Yeah. So is like, is every aspect of that issue, every aspect dedicated, all the nonfiction, all the interviews, all the reviews, or? So, um, let's see, um... So, so, you know, what we, are, what we have been doing over the last four or five issues is that uh, we, theme, we we come up with a theme for the issue. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, the latest issue that came out in June was themed violence and surgery. Mm. And, uh, you know, then we, but, but, you know, we let the contributors sort of uh, interpret the idea of violence, right? Mm -hmm. So we try, what, what happens is that, you know, then that becomes a theme. That becomes uh, the idea for curating the entire magazine. So yes, but you know, there are always uh, certain other things that need our attention, such as, uh, uh, you know, there was this wonderful writer, Dobravka Yubrisic, who passed away mm. uh, earlier this year, or Charles Simic, 
uh, a wonderful boy to class today earlier this year. So I wanted to sort of, you know, pay homage to them. And um, so in that case, you know, uh, uh, that news or that right have become uh, more important than the things. Um, or, um, you know, if, if, if there are certain things that are connected only slantly to the idea of violence, but they are doing something under the theme of feminism, under the theme of various feminisms, uh, and, you know, let's say a new book is coming out, a new book is about to be launched or something, mm. then we would like to go ahead and include those things. We are not, uh, we will not um, exclude things simply because they are not as directly connected to the scene. But, but yeah, largely, you know, we've just uh, realized that, you know, just like with museums and, uh, you know, and, and art exhibitions, having a central idea mm -hmm. on top of the vision of Osama, uh, every time. Uh, it helps a lot in the editors. We are a team of about seven editors, mm. uh, six editors and an intern. So uh, it, it just helps us uh, work together um, together in a way that, you know, the magazine seems like uh, an organic creature. The issue seems like an organic creature when it is uh, eventually uh, released. Yeah. Hmm. And it comes out biannually and you've had it, you said uh, the first issue was five years ago, about? Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. It's a biannual magazine, but um, uh, uh, we might we might change that. We might turn three issues a year or four issues a year. We're working on that. Hmm. Uh, in, fact, uh, in fact, thank you so much for inviting me to your show, to your podcast, because we are in the middle of um, sort of redoing our logo, redoing our entire website. Mm. And our editors, the editors now want us to have more than two issues. They're saying there's so many uh, current issues that we are able to respond to or we respond to too late because, mm. you know, we come only up to six months. Yeah. So uh, we are working on that. So let's see. Uh, we need your luck. We we need your wishes. We do wish us luck. Let's mm. see how we uh, let's see how we do that All because right. we work on a very small budget. It's a very sh I mean it's sort of a shoestring budget. And yeah. uh, I hope to keep it low budget because I don't want to uh, charge the readers ever. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, no. I, I yeah. feel you on that. Cause yeah. It's like it kind of it feels like. It feels like you'd be like selling out or not doing it for the right reason, you know, maybe. At least a bit of that, you know. Yeah. 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 So uh, let's see. Let's see how we work with. If we change the frequency of the magazine, what happens? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, we're definitely going to spread the word here on that Kevlon show here. And uh, speaking of which, Thank I want to I want to help you get as far and wide as you can with that message. Is there what are the best social media links or places to find? more information about your magazine and or any other places you're spreading so, your word so we are primarily on instagram and our handle is usava mag u-s-a-w-a-n-a-g and uh we are uh we have recently started on twitter as well and there's a similar handle uh it's usava mag and some numbers that i don't remember right now but you'll be able to find us uh, on uh, uh, Instagram and Twitter. Okay. 
and this is a little a little behind the scenes uh, for the for the fans listening. But um, I'll uh, we're friends on Instagram now, and I'll reach out to you for sure as I do. But I'll reach out to you for sure um, before this this gets posted out there. So then you can give me any other new links or anything, and I'll make sure that all the information's out there, so people can even just click from uh, where we put it out there. So hopefully that helps out Thank a bit. You. <laughs> you know. Thank you. That's very very kind of you. That'll help us so oh, much. You know, just so people have all, type it in correctly and everything. Well, yeah, I mean, so I love writing, and your latest issue features, I mean, uh, I was perusing it to more, more than six uh, fiction and nonfiction writers and entries. Did you find any of those entries like, particularly inspiring this issue at all? Any that you want to shed a light on or talk about? Um, it's not fair to ask an editor. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Please. Not to pick favorites, but... Um, <laughs> Maybe there's one that gets okay. But you know, uh, but, but but you know, I'll tell you. Um, I'll tell you some of my favorite favorite pieces. So, um, so there's one uh, one poem. Um, but one poem by Sahana Ahmed called "Don't for Muslim Girls." Uh, if you want, I can read it out. Sure. We'd love that. "Don't for Muslim Girls" by Sahana Ahmed. Barbie can be a mother and a good Muslim. Marriage to a Salim, a Saad, said, it behooves her near a place till her face disappears. Those that look like humans with lips, eyes, brows, and teeth are haram. Islam is not a part-time faith. As for Peppa, Winnie, Minnie, etc., watch a cut of the head. There's nothing wrong with that. Hmm. So that's a poem yeah. that somehow stays yeah. with me. Yeah. Um, and uh, hmm. there's a very beautiful story by Zachary Bushnell hmm. called And After Death in a Sleep. Um, there is a very beautiful essay on listening by Satyan Kashu who talks about the violence of not listening, you know, when when we are amongst people, amongst our loved ones and otherwise, we don't listen and he talks about how we can listen to people mm. with mindfulness and in fact with every part of our body. Yeah, that that yeah. definitely affects uh, everyone. Yeah, that everyone goes yes, through that, that's I'm for sure. Everyone. Yeah. That's for everyone. A lot of people probably have like a lot of like yeah. narcissists in their family or um, people in the workforce, people they just can't get away from. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Any advice on how to com- combat that at all, if possible? Like when you're in that kind of situation? Any advice? Oh, sorry. Oh, any advice on how to like deal with narcissists like in the family that you uh, you kind of have to be around? Um, See, unfortunately, uh, with narcissists, I mean, I'm, I'm saying this not as an editor of this magazine, mm-hmm. but as a mental health professional, I work on yeah. mental health as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, with narcissists, uh, unfortunately, the only thing is that you have to put a lot of boundaries and as much distance um, till you feel safe enough, and the narcissist does not uh, does not cause problems in your life so unfortunately you can't do anything to change a narcissist's 
behavior towards you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's something that, you know, the narcissist will have to work on themselves. So the only thing you can do is protect yourself. Um, and it depends upon uh, how narcissistic the person is on the other side. Sometimes certain boundaries might help. But let's say, unfortunately, if you have um, a very, very narcissistic parent, let's mm-hmm. say, uh, so it's a very close relationship. And if the person is, uh, is you know, if, if, re- if the person is really high on the narcissism, uh, you know, scale, then, um, yeah, then maybe you'll have to cut off communication, unfortunately. Sometimes there is uh, sometimes there is nothing else left to do but to cut off all communication with such a person. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. It's it's almost impossible and such a hard task for some people like who are like financially tied to that person, especially if it's like a parent, you know, or um, yeah. Sometimes like a marriage situation, you know, that where you just your livelihood or your life. Yeah. 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 That's probably, and you know, yeah. a narcissist will somehow make everything about money uh, in a way that, you know, they will, uh, if you're dependent on them financially, you know, they will take full advantage of that situation. Mm. It's a very, very difficult situation to be stuck in. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, yeah putting up borders in that situation and severing if possible probably yes is probably the only way you know because you know yeah mm. i almost feel like a lot of the world's become even more narcissistic unfortunately like technology has given us so much but i feel like everyone yeah. for better or for worse is guilty of like you know living in their own little world you know like like if one person if i open my google it's gonna look different than your google because of just the different things we look up you know it's, so it's like from the day you wake up, everything you look at, the technology, every screen that you have in your home or in your car or wherever is tailored to you. And then I see people, yeah. um, it reminds me of the see no evil, hear no evil, uh, speak no evil with the uh, the monkeys on their hands on their ears. When I see every single person, uh, at least here in America, on the West Coast, um, with earbuds in, not even just at the gym, but like walking around, uh, people don't even hear the outside world anymore you know yeah it's like and you know unfortunately mm-hmm. that's also become uh so we think that we are not listening to others but you know the sad truth is that we're not listening to ourselves mm-hmm. and uh so we are just drowning out all the all the voices that are coming on coming in from inside us mm-hmm. and uh You mentioned technology and, you know, with social media, what happens is the social media, you know, it, it reads our uh, tastes and preferences mm-hmm. and it rates, you know, our feed accordingly. But in essence, what, what happens is that we are within our own eco chambers then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like we're right. all, I mean, even, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Then how do we see a new point of view? How do we engage mm-hmm. with somebody who thinks differently than us? Mm-hmm. And you know, then you know, you're right. We become more and more entrenched in this idea that what we are thinking, the way we are thinking, is the best and the only way. And that is the beginning of narcissism. You're absolutely right. 
I, I remember when I was, I don't know, I was really young. I was like a, definitely a, a kid. Like, I don't know if I was five or four. It was one of those really, and I remember just this like epiphany. I mean, you know yourself and who you are, but I like, like, whoa, like everyone's their own main character. I think it was like the first time, you know, when you're like a little baby or a toddler and like, you know, everything's catered, you know, and then like, I just, it was like an epiphany, like, whoa, this you know, a plumber that goes here, they're having their experience, and this person, that person, everyone's like their own main character. I remember having that, I almost feel like people yeah. aren't even <laughs> acknowledging that anymore, that everyone, you know, is no one's experiencing other people's uh, POV at all, it feels like. Not with any value attached to it, at least, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's scary. So you, first I must tell you that you were a very wise child. Uh, a very sensitive child to have that to have had that epiphany. Oh, thanks. Um, sure. And uh, so, you know, these are the voices that I'm talking about. You know, uh, I'm sure that to varying degrees, we all have a certain amount of sensitivity and wisdom. Um, and uh, if we shut all of that out, then we just become these automatons, mm. like you said, that you know we are just about dreams and we're just about what is being fed to us and then we are just about sitting in our car and driving to work and then um, so so we are an autopilot mm -hmm. and that is the best and you know those are the best conditions for all kinds of mental health issues to uh, fester or, uh, you know, these meaningless power structures, such as capitalistic patriarchy, mm -hmm. uh, racism, casteism, all of these things to, uh, you know, sort of take hold of us because we are unable to think for ourselves. Forget others. If we are not thinking of ourselves, then, you know, uh, we are hardly, uh, hardly remaining human, then, you know, we are being more robotic than yeah. anything else. Yeah. 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 I saw some documentary, yeah. I think it was called The Glitch in the Matrix or something like that. And it was talking about, you know, what if we're in a simulation? Yeah. Oh, I saw this documentary what about, like, yes, yes, and that yes, was so yes. scary. You cause... Stimulate from, yeah, you always stimulate from the outside. And, you know, our emotional cues, the, the self sense cues that our body sends, uh, we lose all of that. Mm -hmm. A lot of it can be information that might seem a little uncomfortable because there are things that you need to deal with so we keep suppressing them right mm -hmm. like like uh, just yesterday you know I was working with somebody and uh, they said that I would want to allow be allowed to feel upset because you know we as a society we tell everybody we tell kids that um, oh no pure is a is a bad emotion. Anger is a negative emotion. Don't feel it. Yeah, I remember. But, yeah, yeah not I was, how we will, we are we are we are made. That's not how we are wired. Yeah. We have to feel and emote and process it. I heard some kids say something, um, and then I heard someone talking about it on uh, TV about like in public schools or something. They say um, the expression, "You get what you get, and you don't throw a fit." And I was like, wow, that's kind of scary. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's a way of uh, sort of, you know, taking, taking away your, uh, your human right to feel anger, mm -hmm. you know. 
Yeah. And there's so much, there's so much uh, wonderful, um, invaluable information hidden in all of our emotional responses. But you know, we are not, we we not learned to tune into them. Hmm. Now, um, can you give me an example of how you tune into it? Like maybe, uh, do you set aside some time every day to try to like center yourself and focus on that, or is it more automatic for you? Would you say or uh, the emotions, the learning to feel and focus on emotions? Yeah. No, no. Uh, I'm 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 learning to do it again. I'm learning to first if I feel something, then you know I'm learning to stop everything and sit down and focus on it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the second po- the second part is, so I'll tell you, I'll tell you uh, the way I do it is, uh, see there, there are some thoughts running in our mind, right? There's some what running in no your mind? You feel, mm-hmm. They will always be accompanied by thoughts, right? Certain thoughts, certain, certain words, sentences, images, yeah. stories, mm-hmm. narratives, right? Mm-hmm. And then there will be a self sense somewhere in your body. You will feel a little bit of tightness, or uh, you know, tension, or the change in temperature, or you'll feel very, very uh, uh, lethargic. Something will happen in your body as well, right? Mm-hmm. So, to understand your emotion, emotions, it's very important to tune into all these three centers, right? The body, the self sense of the physical body. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the running commentary of our conscious mind, and then the primitive emotion that is happening somewhere, that is only telling you how your emotion, how you're feeling, you know, mm-hmm. how your emotion is making you feel, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And in these, you listen to all these three things, and but the only thing to challenge is the narrative in your head. All right. Yeah. That is what you question, because usually the the conscious the conscious narrative which is running, uh, the commentary that's running, um, is what we have internalized as what is right and wrong, which 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 mostly might not work for you, hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, your parents' voice saying that you know you're lazy, your 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 teacher's voice saying that you know you'll amount to nothing, uh, your first lovers, your first ex's voice telling you that, you know, nobody's ever going to love you, right? Mm-hmm. So we internalize these narratives without uh, without questioning them. Um, and then, you know, we will see that when you are in a negative space, these stories will start running on a loop. And then, you know, a certain emotion is happening, a certain emotion is sort of flowing through you. And then these narratives, if it's a negative emotion, then these narratives are going to strengthen it and you're going to feel worse and worse in your body as well. So the the way to do it is that you question this narrative. If your teacher had told you that you'll amount to nothing, what does it mean? It means nothing. Hmm. Right? Yeah. It was one person's opinion. Mm-hmm. Maybe in anger because you hadn't done your homework, or maybe because she was getting a divorce. We don't know. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so it's very important to understand that these are narratives that we are internalizing and to question them. Mm. Also, uh, you know, uh, you know, patriarchy will will make us uh, will will 
it, it, it forces certain narratives down our throats, saying, you know, you're a good wife only if you do this, or you're a good husband only if you do this, or you're a good son or a good whatever. So, you know, all of these can be challenged. Yeah. Hmm. All of these must be questioned. And the emotions that you're feeling that are emanating are, of course, based on our instincts simply because, you know, we are human. And sometimes they're also based on trauma or past, uh, you know, some, some past, past negative experiences that you have, positive or negative experiences that you have not processed. Right? So right. one way is to uh, question the narrative hmm. and always think from a place of love and affirmation rather than fear. Mm -hmm. And the second thing to do is if you feel that you have trauma in your past which has gone unprocessed, please seek, please seek help because trauma will not go away on, it, on its own. You need a good therapist, a somatic therapist, an EMDR therapist a regular therapist, whatever it is, somebody who's for my phone, somebody who can help you. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, you know, it's just like pushing against a wall that just wouldn't move. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the, what is the, they say the definition of insanity is trying to do the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, after pushing against a wall that doesn't move, move we start hitting our heads against it. Mm -hmm. Blo and bloody knuckles until you destroy yourself. Yeah. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. And, uh, you know, you're, you're a very sensitive person. You're asking very sensitive questions. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I like you. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, the, the, the most important thing is of course, you know, this, this trio, this, this trio of information that I just told you about, the emotions emanating from uh, somewhere in your, I don't know, your hippocampus or, you know, the, the, mm -hmm. uh, in the primitive part of our brain to the consciousness that, you know, we have uh, the narratives that our ego cells have internalized to the self sense in our body. And the self sense in our body never lies. It just never lies. There's always a lot of information to be unpacked there. And it's always your friend. So the biggest thing is to start trusting yourself. Start mm -hmm. loving yourself. Start mm -hmm. tuning into yourself with the willingness to listen to yourself with as much love as you would listen to the first words of your baby. Mm -hmm. And it's a practice that needs to be uh, cultivated is not a switch. Even once you realize, you know, we have to practice it every day, day in and day out. It's so easy to go back to the autopilot mode because that's what we have been trained to do. That's what the whole world is doing. Hmm. You'll find lots of self-doubt on this path to uh, listening to yourself and loving yourself. But, uh, you know, with love and affirmation, you have to keep doing it over and over and over again. And I believe that is one of the most political uh, feminist acts, uh, you know. I believe uh, June Jordan had also said something like this, you know, the politics of self-love. Hmm. Just constantly, maybe like constantly yeah. reinforcing your self-love as like an armor? Maybe. Absolutely. 
it's not just an armor it turns you human and that's a superpower mm. what did you say that again what was that being human being, being loving being human being yeah. empathetic mm-hmm. that is why our race has survived because you know the wars that we have seen we shouldn't have survived you understand mm-hmm. look at us yeah we have survived because of that love mm-hmm. hmm It's like the maybe like I don't know what do you call it? maybe like the miracle of um compassion, you know? Us protecting yeah. each other, helping each other up. Yeah. Getting water to those that aren't allowed the water, you know? And hopefully yeah. getting a change in that situation where everyone can get to the water, you know, but Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. And it starts with ourselves. Do you like do you see it's not like you probably meditate like every day or do you practice some form of meditation? Yes, I I follow mindfulness. I follow mm-hmm. mindfulness practice. Yeah. I practice and uh one of my favorite uh, teachers is Sister Sun, uh, the Vietnamese monk who passed away. Mm. Uh, I think last year. And uh he he has uh, he has written a very beautiful book called The Miracle of Mindfulness which mm-hmm. I recommend to everyone and uh, there he teaches us that no matter what you're doing in that moment that is the most sacred thing in the world mm-hmm. if you're washing dishes then you wash your dishes the way you would wash baby Jesus's feet mm-hmm. or the wood feet that is mindfulness and um, uh, you know I started with hmm. uh, when I was learning mindfulness when I was learning meditation I started with uh, in a certain chant and so on but now I find my anchor in my breath slowly going down just some rhythm in my body maybe it's my heartbeat or some or a pulse which I feel somewhere hmm. or a tension or beautiful relaxation which I, if I feel in my body and i i focus on that and i try to tune into that uh that is one of my favorite practices hmm. uh especially at night where uh okay i'm going to tell this i uh, share this with you so hmm. at night you know when i lie down in my bed and you know i just i just try to uh, sort of surrender every part every cell of my body to my mother earth and i feel that there's always a little bit more relaxation that is needed somewhere hmm and i keep doing that till i fall asleep you know and i love that it just it actually feels that the earth mother earth is coming up to sort of cradle you hmm. only you're in your bed and you know everything is regular you're not you're not actually in a in a in a mossy forest but it feels like that hmm You know, we lie down, but you know, our bodies are still so tense. So I keep focusing on various. I keep focusing if I can, I can sort of go. You know, I can let go even just a little bit more into the mattress, a little bit more, a little bit more, and I and I find that you know, there's always some tension holding some part of my body, uh, which could which could do with a little more relaxation. That is one of my favorite practices. So even yeah. if I don't get time during the day, that is what I do at night. Huh. Yeah, I try to always meditate. I I mean I'm I don't know if I'm a meditative master or anything like that, but I, I they taught me a little bit of meditation in Taekwondo when I was like a, a kid. 
And so I try to meditate every day, but yeah. sometimes you find yourself it's so hectic. I have like right now in my life, I'm busier than I've ever been in my life. Um, and you know, yeah. I never napped or anything before, but I find myself having like accidental naps at night. Usually when I come home from work and I, uh, from the day gig and I have my first meal, my first like big meal that I wasn't rushing and I lay down to watch something and you know, on the couch, I don't mean to go to bed, yeah. but all of a sudden you wait, you arise from slumber, you've fallen into sleep for a while. But at that point, you know, I always try not to look at the time because I have to get up early the next day usually. And so, but what I do is in those situations, which is maybe almost every day now, it feels like, uh, five days a week at least, I, I, yeah. I stay there. And before I get up to get ready for proper bed, you know, so to speak, I kind of meditate, so to speak. I, I take stock of all the good things in my life, all the, um, how I've gotten closer to my goals in any way, even if it's an inch, any, you know, anything at all. Even if that takes up a lot yeah. of my sleep time, I get my mind in the right place, you know? Like, I, you end it on a high note, where to move forward. Um, you know, it's like like they say, the shark that doesn't swim drowns, you know? So I just try to, like, That's you know. It's a wonderful, wonderful practice. It's a wonderful practice that you've come to do. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we must do that. We must do that. And, you know, uh, even if the whole day has been busy, uh, but you just find time for falling asleep and after waking up, I think a lot can be done, uh, you know, at least two, uh, at least two moments. Hmm. Hmm. Well, my uh, technician, uh, I think you know her, uh, Danielle, she's telling me we got to wrap it up soon for the next segment, but it was such a pleasure and an honor to talk to you. Pleasure and the honor was all mine. I oh. cannot thank you enough for having me here. Oh, of course. And it's, it's early morning on a Saturday here, right? Oh, really? Have, like, just a better morning, oh. a better way to start my weekend. So mm -hmm. I cannot thank you enough. Oh, thank you so much. And I, I'd love to talk to you again. I'll stay in touch. I'll definitely tell you when this is about to post to yeah. get some of those links and the best ways that people can uh, hear your message. And oh. thank you again for having me here. Oh, thanks. Anytime, anytime. Um, a lot of people who know me know I wear a lot of evil eye bracelets. I feel like I can I can take a couple off now after this after this segment. I feel like <laughs> I feel like you, I feel like you've empowered me a bit. I like that. I like that. Yes, I love that. All right. Well, thanks so much, Smita. All right. Thank you. See you. And we'll see you in the future. All right. That was Smita Sahai the editor-in-chief of Usawa Literary Review. Please check it out. We'll be right back with closing statements. And we'll be right back after this brief message. This portion of that Kev One show is supported by Bohemian Dream Gifts, made with organic and natural oils that nourish and hydrate your skin. Man, I don't know if it's the weather outside or the gym that was killing my skin. Because my right elbow on the, uh, it itched like the Dickens. Like I was becoming like the lizard from Marvel Comics. Um, I think it's that machine where you put your elbow in and do the lifts, you know, for the bicep. But uh, I was itching my skin like crazy during, uh, well, I won't say who because I don't want them associated with rough skin. With one of our guests <laughs> here in the near future here. <laughs> but my left, my right elbow was getting ashy and coming up, getting red and irritated. Anyway, I used some of the promotional cookie dough body oil from Bohemian Dream Gifts that they gave us, and my skin 
I'm not kidding. Came back. I can vouch for that one. The cookie dough oil baby body oil. The cookie dough body oil brought my skin back to life like an Evanescent song. I'm not kidding. My skin is smooth and happy again. 100%. You can buy cookie dough oil on Etsy at the Bohemian Dream Gift Shop. Check out their other stuff as well, but that's one that I that I swear by now. <laughs> and as soon as my promotional one runs out, I'm going to order some myself. So go to Etsy and visit the Bohemian Dream Gifts Shop today. And now, back to the show. Well, that's tonight's show. We have to thank the ever-altruistic Smita Sahai. And can't wait to see her again. Also, uh, we'll have a new guest next week promoting what they can promote because, um, well, this just in, but maybe not news to you, but at the time of the broadcast uh, currently going on, uh, the writer's strike is now joined by SAG-AFTRA. So people who cannot promote uh, new projects currently. And uh, it goes without saying, but I'm going to say it, that Kev One show is in full support of the WGA and SAG-AFTRA strike. Oh, man, it is just abhorrent what, uh, what the writers are going through. Uh, we'll talk about it more because we're wrapping up this show um, with hopefully someone from the picket lines. Uh, we won't take them from the picket lines because they're doing hard work out there in Cali and everywhere. Um, doing that, hydrating and everything, but I will have someone reporting on that very soon on a future show. Um, but yeah, standing with the writers who uh, are fighting to keep their jobs from, from AI taking over. Uh, and that was just crazy news hearing recently about that abhorrent, I gotta say that again, that insane plan, evil, really, uh, very selfish plan, beyond selfish, to what, digitally scan background artists, you know, extras who are getting minimum wage work. You pretty much do the job at the low end of the totem pole. Where, you know, back in the day, you, I've heard stories, you know, where you're not just looking in the star's eyes, you might be fired, and, and you're probably treated better than you ever have been, typically, uh, nowadays, but still low into the totem pole. And, you, know, you do it for the experience, and it's usually a great day, you know, but you're getting people like minimum wage work, and they're going to scan you, and like, say you're in some crowd scene for like, you know, the West Wing, or, you know, some some show, some one episode show, for one, day's of work, one day of minimum wage work. Technically, money-wise, and uh, then what? You're you're watching Transformers Nine or something in the future, and like you're in that crowd scene because they scanned you years ago and you didn't make a dime. That is insane. Not just two of the things they're striking over, fighting to bring you quality entertainment, but not at the cost of like you know human decency and just, wow. I mean, uh, almost you're human strong and. Everything you're going through, I've had to deal with. Uh, I've had to uh, have the union uh, stand up for me many a time, uh, in different jobs. So, more on that later. Uh, so everyone out there, be strong, take care of yourself, survive, and thrive. Good night. <laughs> Mm-hmm.